All right, it is back to school week. Um, that must be painful to hear for some, but it's time to go back to school, and we got a message for you. I want to make sure that you got a message when you go out. And uh, the message is this, live love, live love. And it's going to come from uh, John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. John 13, 34 through 35. Live love. Actually, this is our motto in children's church. And what we do, actually, I have the big, we don't have it today, but we have the, I have the words up there. It says, live love, right? So I go, say live love on the count of three, one, two, three. And then they say, they say, dude, that was so weak, man. All right, let's go. All right, ready? On count three, I want you to say, live love. Ready? One, two, three. Dude. Welcome to Children's Church. All right? This is how we do it. And I want, I want to share this, though, this message, live love. And my idea is this. My idea is that when we love sacrificially like Jesus, people will know we are his. When we love like Jesus loves, people will know that we're his people, right? That, that we're his followers. And I want to get this across because it's the most important thing in the whole world. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is the commandment, right? This is, this is the, the new standard of living that Jesus sets. And I was thinking about going back to school. I was thinking about, oh, maybe got to talk about maybe studying or working hard. Maybe, maybe um, you know, maybe getting the attendance achievement. All these different things. Those are all important. But something way more important is making sure that we're loving the people we're around. And not just loving them like saying hi, but, but loving them the way Jesus loved us, right? And that's what we're gonna dig into. And I'm gonna read from John chapter 13, um, verse 34. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another, right? And that's a beautiful verse, but if we don't, understand where Jesus is saying this, what, what's led to this point, where he's at, who he's speaking to, what's about to happen. Um, that's just another great quote, but I want, I want you to understand where Jesus is at this moment where he says that. And, and to understand that you first understand what's going on during Jesus' time. What, what culture, what situation was he born into? He was born into the, he was born in Israel during the, the Roman occupation, What's happening during this time is that Rome is, is controlling the whole known world, including that area along the, the Mediterranean Sea, which is Israel, Judah, and all of the Middle East, right? And Rome, if you want to know anything about Rome, is they are the top dog. They, I mean, they might have little governments all around, but they are the ones who are in charge. They're the ones calling the shots. And if anybody challenges Rome, if anyone challenges right, Caesar, the emperor, then they are crushed. They're instantly crushed. And that's even, that even happened right before Jesus was alive. There was, there was some moments where they were crushed because they thought that they could rule themselves. And so you have this Roman tension that's taking place during Jesus' time. But then you also have this other tension, this, this, uh, this Jewish religious uh, ethnic tension that you see with, with the Jews because they are the ones who are being oppressed, but they're also trying to live out God's law to the fullest extent. They want to make sure that they follow every single rule. I forget how many they have. They even start making rules to make sure they don't break the other rules, right? I mean, that's what they're doing because you know what? They take it so serious. They're taking it so serious. This is life and death to them. They think if they don't follow the law, they won't have God's blessing. And what they want is they want to rule themselves. They don't want to be under Roman occupation, most of them. 
And so they, they see God's blessing totally tied to them following the law, right? And, and so when Jesus comes on the scene and he starts saying that he's the son of God, that he's the new king, that he's the Messiah, that he's the one who was gonna fulfill the law, I mean, this is, this is what gets you killed, right? Jesus, Jesus is walking in into these two different tensions and he's gonna, he's gonna mess them both up. Right, he's gonna get this Jewish community so angry because he's basically, to them, if, if he's a liar, he's a blasphemer, it's the worst thing you can do. And so they're angry, they want him killed, and so what do they do? They make him look like a king who's trying to take over and challenge Rome, and so the Romans kill him, right? And so that's what Jesus is coming into, and Jesus is, he's going into it full steam. He's not shying away from these tensions. Right, Jesus has come, uh, at, we're in, uh, chapter 13, up until this point, he's been doing these miracles, but in the book of John, he calls them signs. He doesn't call them miracles. Why? He calls them signs because they're supposed to point to that Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is proving that he is the Messiah, that he's the savior, and John is trying to get that across. And so you won't see this, the word miracle, you'll see the word sign. And so now Jesus has done all of these signs in these first 12, these first 12 tra- chapters. I mean, he's, he's raised Lazarus from the dead He's done it all. I mean, he's, he's done these signs and now he's standing there and he's coming to this point where he's gonna tell his disciples that he's gonna be leaving them. Right before this, this chapter, he actually just came in on the triumphal entry, showing that he was the king, the son of God. People are worshiping him, but then the religious leaders in the back are saying, now it's time to kill him, right? And Jesus is coming to this point where he's gonna die. But first, he has this last supper. He has this Passover meal, Actually, what we just did, the, the communion, the first communion he just had with, with his disciples, he, it's this night. And Jesus, he, he, he tells them, he, actually, they come, as they come in, they, their feet are all dirty. And Jesus, knowing that he's gonna die the next day, that the climax of his life is here, he comes, and as his disciples come in, he gets down and begins to wash their feet, right? Here he is, the son of God. He just proved that he's the son of God in the first 12 chapters. But now his disciples come. It's his last day on earth. What's he do? He gets down He gets down on his knees and starts washing these disciples' feet. I was thinking, I mean, they're, they're walking in sandals in this ancient Israel. I mean, there's, there's donkeys and probably horses and all kinds of animals walking these streets I mean, they're walking through dirt, through sewage, and, and I just picture Jesus' hands getting down with a bowl of water, and I picture his hands full of mud, full of all, who knows what, and, and just washing their feet the day before he's gonna die. He, he's thinking of them. His mind, his heart is set on them. And then right after he's done washing his, their feet, he, he, says, he says, now someone's gonna betray me. I mean, he just washed this guy's feet. He says, now someone's gonna betray me. One of you are gonna betray me. The person I give this, this piece of bread to. And he gives the bread to Judas. And then he says to Judas, go do it quickly. And Judas leaves. And the disciples have no idea what's happening. They think Judas is, is just going out to do an errand for Jesus. They don't, they don't understand. It doesn't make sense to them. But Jesus is actually sending the, the person who's gonna betray him, sentence him to death, basically. He's sending him out. He's not just sending him, but he's sending him with clean feet to run, to walk. He, the, the feet that, that brought the message to these people who want to kill Jesus were cleaned by Jesus. And then he gets to this verse that we're reading. It says, 
He says, I'm gonna leave you in a little while. You can't come with me. But he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And how did Jesus love? If we're to love one another the way Jesus loved us, how, how are we supposed to love? What did you, how did Jesus love these disciples? He, he died for them. He washed their feet. He thought of them. His total focus was on them. He was loving sacrificially. That's what he was doing. And what I see in this passage is that this new commandment, it's new because there's a new standard that's never been seen before, right? The old standard of love in the Old Testament was love your neighbor as yourself, right? And that's a high standard to love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus has now come and he's created this new standard, which isn't based on just words, but it's based on the acts of his own life and even his death. That's the new standard. He says, now you're gonna go love the way I've loved, right? It's this new standard of love that no one's seen before. It, it baffles people to this day, right? He's loving them with all of his life. John 15, 12, Jesus, same conversation. He's gonna say, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend, paraphrasing, right? Jesus is saying that if you wanna truly love the way I love, if you wanna truly show people who I am, if you, wanna, if you wanna make a difference, if you wanna change anything, if you wanna change people's hearts, if you wanna be something significant, then what you do is you love people the way I love. And Jesus loves sacrificially. That's how he loves. That's Jesus. And I was thinking of how, how do we love like that? I mean, I'm not expecting you to go and, to die tomorrow to love somebody, but I think what Jesus is saying is you love them with your whole life. You love them when it hurts. Right? I was thinking when you go into school, for everyone who's in school, when you go to school on Monday, actually not Monday, when you go to school on Tuesday, there's gonna be moments where you're caught in attention. You're caught in a place where you either love somebody or you go the easy route. And what Jesus is saying is don't take the easy route. You choose love. You choose them, right? I was thinking when, when you see someone maybe struggling with homework or struggling with the lesson, maybe struggling to study for a test, but you're busy. You got a lot to do. I mean, you, you got to study for the test. Go help that person. Make time where there's no time. Go make sure that they have help. Love them. I was thinking when, when you're at lunch and you maybe see that one kid who doesn't have a friend to sit with, and maybe all the other kids are talking about him and he'll never hear it, or maybe he'll hear it, but it'll never be said to his face, go and sit with him, go and sit with her. Be their friend, love them. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Because Jesus loves you and now you can love them. I was thinking about when, when maybe you see someone bullying somebody, stop it. I don't care if it hurts. I don't care maybe if it takes takes a, maybe, a, maybe a little chip in your reputation. What matters is that person is loved. It'll make so much more of a difference. Your heart will be filled, right? Love that person. Or I was thinking, love that bully. Be kind to the person who's mean to you. Stand up for yourself, but make sure they know that you care about them. Hurt people hurt people. Love 
Live love, right? That's what Jesus is saying. I was thinking even uh, when maybe someone doesn't have enough lunch money, maybe they're going through hard times, share your lunch. Give them your lunch money. Make sure that they have enough. And don't do it without, don't do it. I mean, don't tell anybody that you're doing it. Make sure they, they know that you don't care what anyone else thinks, but what you care about is that they're loved, right? That's true love. Right, he's saying, live this love, love sacrificially, love when it hurts. I was thinking even at your job, when there's gossip going on, stop it, cut it down. People might not like that you're doing it, but I'll tell you what, you're loving somebody. You're being like Jesus. I was thinking when, when maybe there's, there's so much going on and someone's struggling to get their task done, get alongside with them and help them if you can. Even if it takes away, even if it's hard, even if maybe you have to work a little more. I was thinking when, when maybe someone's been unkind, maybe a boss or a coworker or employer, someone's been maybe demeaning. Love them. Show that you care. Show that they mean something to you. Don't brush them off. Or I was thinking when, when maybe even in your family, making sure that there's time. Don't, it, maybe you need to spend time with your wife or your kids. Make sure that you're spending time. Don't maybe work that overtime that week. Give them yourself, even if it hurts, right? Or, or maybe if it's when you get home, you want to watch your favorite TV show. Maybe turn the TV off and, and, and then go and get an ice cream cone with your family or, or go and throw the ball or, or make sure that they know how significant they are to you. Or even um, it could be working extra hours to make sure you can go on that family vacation. But all of these examples, all, everything that we see is, is if you want to love like Jesus, it's going to hurt. It's sacrificial, right? I, I thought of it like this. This is, our, this is our back to school week. I got to do an object lesson, right? And, and this is how I think. This is, this is what I was thinking of, right? A lot of water in here. This is dangerous. All right. Whoop. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So this is what I was thinking of. If your cup is a life, right? And these, all, these, all these cups are people's lives around you. And this, is your, and this is your life. In order to love them, at times it's gonna hurt, right? At times it's gonna hurt. And I thought of it, like, it's like pushing a hole through the cup. It's gonna hurt at times. To, to, in order to love, you gotta pour out. You gotta pour out of yourself. Pour out your time. Pour out maybe uh, your money. Pour out maybe your, your, your skill sets, Right? And in order to love, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be sacrificial. If it doesn't hurt, then you're not maybe loving like Jesus, right? And, and what I see is this, is that when Jesus is the one who loved you first, when the love that you're basing it off of is his love, what actually happens is that when you begin to love others, even though you're sacrificing, your cup is always full. And what happens is it pours out into them, but your cup is never empty, that's what I see in this passage. I see this, this living love. This living love means that we're basing it off of his love. That's what that is. And what I, what, I, what I love is this quote. It says this. Christian love sets aside social status, cultural norms, and the comfort of convenience to joyfully meet the inconvenient needs of others. That kind of love looks like Jesus, the sinless God-man on his knees before the sinful men he came to save. And when you choose to love, 
and are wronged in return, Jesus will look even more real and beautiful in your love. I mean, when you walk in the school, when you go to work, and they see that you're always pouring out. You're pouring out, but your cup is always full. That, that your heart is full, even though you're, you're, you're blessing everyone else. They will be baffled. They won't know how it happens. They, they will be just struck with, what is this? Why? Because what they're seeing is something supernatural. What they're seeing is something beyond what this world can offer. What they're seeing is they're seeing the love of Jesus being poured out through you. And what happens is, is that you become a witness through your love, through this self-giving, through this sacrificial way of living, right? That's what this is. And it shows people Jesus. You're actually bringing Jesus to people when you love them the way he did. You're bringing his presence. You're bringing him wherever you go when you love this way. And if you want to see school be different, if you want to see uh, your friends be happy, if you want to see people come to this new place, just love them. Love them the way Jesus loved. Man, I was thinking about how, um, I don't know if you ever heard of nuclear fission. It's how they, it's how they uh, produce energy, right? And this, these nuclear plants, they produce a ton of energy, but it's dangerous. It can be dangerous if done wrong. And it... Uh, it's hard to do, right? But now they're coming up with this new way called nuclear fusion, right? And this is actually how they do it. This is actually what happens in the sun. Instead of fission, two atoms come apart. They take the energy from that. In fusion, two atoms come together. They take the energy from that. And it's a lot safer, and it's tons more energy than the fission, right? And, and so they're trying to harness this. Really what they're doing is trying to create a mini sun here on Earth to power stuff. I thought, man, that'd be incredible, That'd be pretty amazing to have like a little sun powering everything. I mean, a, a nuclear fusion plant. But I thought, how much cooler would it be if we had a nuclear fusion plant in us? That this limitless energy that comes from him, that this, this unending flow that keeps coming out, that we could love others, that we could live it out wherever we go, that people would know that, that, that God loves them, that he cares for them. How? Why? Because we love them. It's supernatural. That's what this is. This, this is a miracle, right? And I was even thinking, even in your own life, in school, at work, I don't, it doesn't matter how old you are, it, it can be a struggle with self-esteem. It can be a struggle with, with self-worth. How do I fit in? Who am I? And when I look at this passage, what I see is, instead of basing who I am on what everyone else thinks or the achievements that I do or even the downfalls and the mistakes I make or maybe the complaints I have, what I do is now I, I don't base my life and who I am and my worth and myself on that, but what I base it on is that Jesus loves me, that his love is filling me, that, that he's died for me. And not only that, but now my worth comes from him. And what I'm able to do is now love others, right? It's this, it's this, Cup that's never empty, right? Because I, I can live my life being empty. I can live my life without this love, and I'll never make it. I can fill other people's cups, but I'll end up empty. But when, when I'm continually being filled with his love, and his love is, is, is powering through me through salvation and through the Holy Spirit, what, what happens is, is that my heart is never empty. My self-worth is not based on what anyone else thinks. My self-worth is based in, in, in how Jesus loves me. 
right? And that, that's what changes schools. That's what changes hearts. That's what changes people. That's what changed my life is this new standard, this new command that Jesus gives. Loving one another as yourself is not enough. But when you love others like Jesus loves, man, hearts will be changed, lives will be changed, schools will be changed, cities will change, I'll be changed, you'll be changed. It's only based in this overflowing, endless supply of sacrificial love, and though it hurts, you're always full. And how do you get full? You continually go back to what Jesus has done. You continually remember what he is doing. If you keep trying to live sacrificially, but you're not being filled with his love and remembering how he loved you, you will dry up. But when you are giving sacrificially, loving others, being there for them, and and you're remembering what Jesus has done and is still doing in your life, you can't help. You can't help but live sacrificially. It'll be natural. Even if it hurts, you'll want to do it, and you'll have to push yourself to do it. But it'll be there. Right? That's what Jesus is telling us in this passage, this limitless love, living it. And I got permission to tell this story about Rachel. She was a little reluctant, but it was too good, and she said yes. And when Rachel was in middle school in sixth grade, what happened was she was, uh, there was this girl in her class who was getting bullied, right? And this girl was being really badly bullied, <clears throat> and Rachel couldn't, couldn't deal with it anymore. Rachel was like, this is terrible. So Rachel stood up for this girl, right? And she said, you gotta stop bullying her, right? And they did, they actually stopped bullying her. But then what happened is this, that all the bullies turned on Rachel, and then the girl who she told to stop, to help this girl, that girl turned on Rachel too and started bullying her. And now Rachel, here she is, just trying to live some love, and she did nothing nothing in return. But I tell you what, if those kids remember what Rachel did, and if they remember how, even though everyone turned on her, she did the right thing, man, that's unworldly. That, that's, that's incredible, right? That, that's supernatural love, right? If we could have more people more concerned about loving others than how we receive, and I'll tell you what, man, things will change. That's what I wanna see in our schools. That's what I wanna see in our lives. That what we're carrying with us is this supernatural, unending flow of acceptance, supernatural flow of, of of his peace, supernatural flow of what Jesus is doing, pouring through us, through simple acts of, of kindness, simple acts of, of telling others about him, simple acts of being there where maybe no one else is, when it hurts, what we'll see is we'll see people change, we'll see hearts change. And, that, and that's what I see in this, this passage. So why don't we just pray? Father God, we just come before you, humbled, Lord, at how you lived, humbled, Lord, at how much you love us. God, you love us supernaturally. We don't deserve it, Jesus. God, you gave it to us, and you fill us every day. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us, guide us, lead us, that, Lord, you would move in our hearts. We need you, Jesus. We seek you, Jesus. You are the mighty God. Move today, Father. I pray, Lord, you would bless Lord, our students and our teachers and, our, and, our, and everyone who's here, God, that everywhere we would go, we would be pouring out this sacrificial love, this love of Jesus. We love you. We praise you. It's in your wonderful name. Amen.